Hey there, welcome to Cageless, a conversation podcast about experiential wisdom and personal hope. I'm Jenny Johnson. I'm a writer and I'm asking experts, thought leaders, and my friends to share their knowledge and tools on how they found freedom. Hello. Um, My voice just cracked a little bit. Also, my dog is like licking his chomps. Does anyone know if like that's an authentic like label for what dogs do when they're licking their mouth chomps or is that like a derogatory term who knows I am coming to you live from Paris France which was here a couple of months ago several times I have spent the past I don't know what six eight ish months throughout Europe back and forth from the states and it has been chaotic is probably the word that I would use I have finally come on over here for just a little bit and decided to bring my puppy dog, which he is not a puppy. He is almost four years old. And we are just having the time of our lives. I say this, time of our lives quite literally doesn't mean that everything is good and perfect all of the time. But isn't that kind of life? Things are always good and perfect if they are in the direction of living. So it is cold here, I will say. And if I can just give you a little bit of background of why I chose Paris, no one asked, but I ask myself. Also, my birthday was this past week, which was quite exciting because I was actually supposed to land in Paris on my birthday, but plans don't always go as we plan them. And I ended up coming the day after my birthday on January 13th instead of 12th because on the 11th, my flight was canceled. Because if you were also in America and had a flight on January 11th, you might have also been a person who had their flight canceled because of, I think there was some sort of like aviation situation where like, nationwide flights were canceled. So that was really sad, but it also taught me that you cannot control everything. And moving my dog over from the United States to Europe was quite the process. And with paperwork and certifications, et cetera, et cetera, E-C-T. I wonder what the origin of that word is. Anyway, It was quite stressful because there's a time limit for like USDA certifications. And if one day goes by that it is past the certification, they could perhaps deny entry of your animal, which luckily that did not happen. And it was quite something that I worried about, but it's okay. I did find myself in a state of reflection as I got here that Things are never quite as (laughs) bad as your anxiety wants you to think that they are. Like if you think that there's a stressful situation, I'm at least the kind of person that over exaggerates the stress and assumes the like very, very worst possible case scenario. And then I like over prepare for that. So actually there was no stress to be had. One day later, I got into Paris and everything went smoothly. Our entry was great. Our flight was great. 
It was nine hours and that is a very long time. So I actually did not sleep at all. I watched Selena Gomez's cooking show and enjoyed it quite a bit and just reflected on my past year because like I said, it was indeed my birthday. So I think that there's a lot of things that you can reflect on within a year, but I'm much more of a person that likes to reflect per season. And especially because my birthday is right after New Year's where everyone is already reflecting on, you know, the recaps of their past year. I was really more dissecting the parts of myself that I I guess I have forgotten about or denied or looked over. And I found a photo of myself in a beret and a Snoopy dog shirt with a microphone in my hand when I was probably like four years old. And I thought, wow, like I feel like this little girl had no idea (laughs) that at the age of turning 27, she would be moving to Paris with a microphone and her real dog. And I don't have a beret, but maybe... Maybe I need to get a black beret like that one. But I just think that it was really sweet that God reminded me in, you know, this this past year that I can make my younger self proud and it is possible for each of us to create the best case scenario rather than limiting ourselves to what we've been taught to believe or what we've been taught that we are allowed to have because I know that that little girl in the photo from many, many years ago had a dream that maybe she didn't even realize that she had. And I I think that we all are born with this light inside of us and a dream inside of us. And it's the world that kind of pushes away those ideas and dreams and thoughts and says, you know, that's unrealistic. You need to settle for less. And whenever a a child tells you, oh, I want to be an astronaut or the president of the United States, or I want to, you know, cure cancer or they have these big dreams. It's no one's job, but our own to get back to those dreams or make those dreams reality. And I think that there's a way to also figure out who you are outside of who you've been told to be because, for example, I I really thought I was going to be a performer for the rest of my life until I was 18 years old and then I realized that my storytelling abilities were a little bit different from being on a stage in a costume. My talents have been cultivated I think up to this point in my life through the medium of a pen or a typewriter which just kidding I don't have a typewriter but I do have a computer that I use to tell my stories on (laughs) or through like the lens of a phone camera so I'm looking at my dog right now and he's precious and sleeping and and I'm just thinking about how cool it is that There are a lot of obstacles that we can all overcome if we have the people in our lives to speak life into us, even if that is just ourselves. And I'm thinking of my grandmother who also has a dog, had a dog, and she took her dog everywhere with her. And 
a lot of who I am is because of not just the influence of her, but the way that she spoke life into me. And I remember the very first time I left church camp, I was, I think, in the third grade, maybe fourth grade. I was very young. And my grandmother had picked me up outside of like the the like school bus, church bus in the summer. And I remember we sat at lunch together and I was just pouring out to her how much I loved being able to learn about the faith that I had been taught and how I just couldn't wait to tell the stories that I had already learned and to tell the people that didn't know these stories. And I know that she spoke life into me saying, you can do whatever you want, Jenny. You can tell stories however you want. And ever since then, it has been integrated into me along with her cooking skills, I would hope, and the way that she loves other people and strangers and her family, you know, I feel like her influence has been so integrated into who I am. And I'm so grateful for that because there are a lot of situations also in my life where I've been told that I can't do things by um, men in particular in the industry that I have been integrated in. I remember being in college and it was quite the quite the difficult situation to be able to get around the rules that had already been implemented into the industry of, you know, where do women belong in storytelling? Where do women get to hold the camera, hold the pen, have the say to do things? And there was a one situation in particular. It was The first film that I specifically was the director of photography, which for those of you that um, don't know the, you know, beep bop wordage of the film world, that means that I held the camera and I designed what the like videography, if you will, of the film would be. And my assistant on this student film was a male who I suppose felt he had more experienced than I did, knew more things technologically than I did, even though I had such a vision. And he corrected me like on site about a lens that I had that I had wanted to use. And if it weren't for my male director standing up for me, then I would have been ran all over and told that I was not good enough that I was a woman who didn't know what I was doing that I was too young and like I said luckily I did have another male stand up for me but I don't think that that needs to be happening anymore in storytelling whether that is through dance whether that is through the visual medium of television whether that is through teaching whether that is through directing films whether that's writing music Anywhere in art, I hope that as a woman, I can make the little girl in the picture that I have proud because I want her to look at me and be like, wow, look at her still telling stories and creating art and living life loudly and not being told to put her microphone up or not being told to be quiet. So 
We are in Paris. I say we. Me and my dog, also we, O-U-I, is yes in French. (laughs) And I don't know French yet, not fully. And every day I'm learning. I'm also learning the metro system and how to get around the area because I have spent time in New York City, but I've never lived in a big city like this. So Paris actually isn't that big, not any bigger than L.A., But in LA, I had a car and I no longer have one of those. So learning to navigate what it looks like to live in a city with a brand new start at a brand new age has been quite the adventure thus far. It's only been a week, but (laughs) today I went to Shakespeare and Company which I have visited one more time before. And I will say the first time was more magical than this time. But this time I had a little bit more background on Ernest Hemingway, who is someone that I obviously look up to as a another expat American writer. And I got to kind of feel a little bit with some knowledge in the back of my head, maybe how he felt. Um, The Parisian streets are inspiring and it really is true what they say about the way the city feels and looks and smells and I had a wonderful lunch today with a friend at a place that is supposedly the oldest restaurant, I thought it was a coffee shop, oldest restaurant in Paris, it is called Le Precop. And it was Trabian. It was very good. I got a three-course lunch because when in France (laughs) that included a leek salad as a starter. I got a beef, I believe it was kind of like a roast beef, if you will. I'll have to check on that. And mashed potatoes. And then I also got, obviously, bread. And then I got a white wine, a Bordeaux wine, which I don't know very much about wine, but I am learning. And it was very good because I saw that the man next to me ordered a white wine. And so I thought, that looks great. And since being in Europe, I have integrated wine into lunch, which I would like to make a thing much more often because whenever I drink at night, I just feel like I don't sleep as well. And so having like a drink with lunch is just the best thing for me and my body. And then got a chocolate mousse, which I will say, guys, this chocolate mousse was so decadent. And I usually don't really like mousse. I am not like a huge pudding, mousse, cheesecake type texture girl. Like if I'm going to have a dessert, I'm probably going to go for like more of a like actual cake or actual uh, something with like a little bit of a thicker substance. But this mousse was absolutely decadent and it even had like a little bit of kind of like little chocolate pieces in it and it was so good. And I shared this meal with my friend and it was marvelous. And then we went and walked around the Latin Quarter. We went to Jardin de Luxembourg the Luxembourg Gardens. And I was with my dog and it was cold, but it was peaceful. And I just feel like so much of my life has been rushing towards the next best thing. 
And I realized that this is the next best thing. Today is all that we are promised. And I don't want to live year 27 absent from the life that I'm living. I want to be as here as I possibly can, even in the uncomfortable. And I was on the metro and I thought earlier, this is so uncomfortable for me, but where else would I rather be? Would I rather be comfortable somewhere stagnant or would I rather be uncomfortable in a place capable of learning? And who knows, maybe in a couple of years, a couple of months, a couple of days, I'll change my mind and say I want to be comfortable again. But that's not really the philosophy that I'd like to follow at this point. So for anyone who feels the same way, we can start a club, W-E, <laughs> uh, English we, we can start a club as the new American expats in the 2020s instead of the 1920s. And I hope that we are not on the verge of a recession in America, <laughs> but who's to say? Actually, there's a lot of people to say, but I have read advice that keeping up with the news constantly is not good for your health. So I keep up with just the minimum, the bare minimum, which is the maximum for my aim of happiness. I love you guys, and please keep up with Mine and Copper's Adventures in Paris. We will be writing about food, culture, and the things that we are unlearning, and the things that we are beginning to learn, because we're beginners, and there's no shame in beginning, because we all have to start somewhere. I'm not one to constantly keep out my phone always and be taking photos and trying to capture every single thing that I'm doing. But I will be absorbing as much as I possibly can through my little digital camera and my cell phone camera to share with you on Patreon and for free on Instagram. So keep up if you'd like my links of my blog and my Patreon and Instagram will be in the show notes of this episode. And I love you. And if you or someone you know has any recommendations or ideas of things for Copper and I to do while in France, not even in Paris, you tell us where, we would love to hear from you. Shoot us a message at Jenny Johnson on Instagram, and we'll talk to you so soon. Copper hasn't said one word this entire episode, <laughs> but he says, um, hello, if I can translate for my dog, I might need a French translator soon. Je ne sais pas. That means I don't know. And it's the most fitting phrase that I can possibly <laughs> come up for myself. <laughs> I adore you guys. I love you guys. And we're doing this scared. We're doing this brave together. I love you. <laughs> Au revoir.